to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. We are here to educate you, challenge you, support you, encourage you with your journey in intermittent fasting. You can check us out at fastinglane.com and on Twitter and Instagram at fastinglane. All right, I'm going to be honest. I'm pumped about this guest, but I had not heard of this guest until last week. And he was just telling me a little secret that I'm going to reveal. I didn't even tell him I was going to say this. We were talking before the show, and he talked about how he is so committed to the message, so committed to his practice, his family, getting his book out that he never really thinks about marketing stuff a whole bunch. My background is, is marketing. And, and we might even talk about that a little bit today. So let me tell you about this guy if you haven't heard about him. His name is Dr. Tony Hampton. I have asked if I could call him Dr. Tony and he said I could. So it means we're you know friends now. He is an internal medicine specialist in Chicago the medical director for the Advocate Medical Group in Chicago, and the author of Fix Your Diet, Fix Your Diabetes. So if you haven't gotten that book yet, he's going to tell us where you can get that today. Dr. Tony, thank you so much for joining me. I am. It's my pleasure to be here with a good old friend, a good new friend. <laughs> That's right. You know, when he told me, he told me you were from Chicago, I was going to have a debate I often have with friends from Chicago, which is... Louisiana food is better than Chicago food. New Orleans food is better than Chicago food. And then they usually get angry. And I like to have arguments about food, which is great. This is great for a fasting show, by the way, right? But then you told me you went to Xavier, which is right. in New Orleans. And so I had nothing to discuss because you know the truth. That's that right. Louisiana Yeah, food Louisiana. I'm sorry. We got, Louisiana got us beat. And uh, I, I, I miss those Xavier days big time. If you met my mom and you tasted her crawfish etouffee without rice, mm. you would be in love. So I can be keto even That's in right. Anna, loving it. So Dr. Tony and I sound like we both love food. So we've already like yes. figured that out. But this guy is a physician, which I am not. I'm a regular old person. He has been a physician for 20, over 20 years, right? Help patients with many chronic conditions. Absolutely. He's really passionate about helping patients heal their bodies through dietary choices instead of like getting straight on medication, which is such the typical way that a lot of doctors go to. Um, and so he is really taking a special interest in diabetes so dr tony my mom has diabetes type 2 i was pre-diabetic many years ago when i was at 280 300 pounds and so i have a personal love of knowledge around healing diabetes especially that doesn't involve medicine yeah. especially medicine that is not available to people a lot of times that don't have health insurance or don't have money to afford medicine um, which is one of the reasons I was, you know, so passionate about the information I found with fasting. But why, of all the conditions that you were looking to help your patients with, why, why diabetes? Well, thinking about it, you know, actually one of the things I may have not mentioned to you, I have an MBA. I, I went online and got an MBA from Phoenix, right? And uh, when I went to University of Phoenix, I learned a little bit about return on investment, right? These are things they don't teach you in medical school. So you went and got so. your MBA too? Why not? I'm in, in fact, I'm in, I'm in uh, first of all, shout out to Xavier, shout out to University of Phoenix Online, and shout out to University of Western States. I'm in school getting a master's in nutrition. You can't oh, I'm I just really finished my bachelor's from <laughs> Dr. Tony. I'm you a chronic crazy. learner. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. So anyway, when I, so I learned about return on investment, and I asked myself, okay, what are the major issues? And I think about diabetes. So you think about obesity and diabetes, right? And, and obesity 
which can increase your risk for type two is a huge thing that we need to address. So, so my return on investment was going to be high if I thought that was number one. Number two, I got a family member who got it and the family member didn't want to be on medicine. Family members, a uh, healthcare professional was like, I don't want to take medicine. So it, it led to research after research. And I ran into the diabetes prevention program. And this is the part that's crazy. So if you put people on metformin, which has been, it's been in the news about the recall, if you haven't heard about it. Um, I heard about it. I used to be on metformin, but I don't know much about it. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Well, metformin is a drug that is unique in that unlike other drugs, it doesn't increase the production of insulin. So insulin, too much insulin causes uh, insulin resistance, it's almost like alcohol. So if you give too much alcohol, you become more resistant, right? So metformin doesn't do that at all. What it does is it tells the liver, okay, liver, could you stop making so much sugar? And gluconeogenesis is what we call it. Um, so it says stop making, it takes protein, turn into sugar. So anyway, it tells the liver, stop making sugar. It also tells the gut to not absorb insulin as well which is a good thing. So you don't absorb the insulin as well. So it kind of works. And then it, it increases insulin sensitivity, meaning that instead of having insulin resistance, which is not going to work as well, you become more sensitive. So metformin is like the drug they want to throw in the water, just like statins, because they think everybody should be on it. Rather, you're dealing with obesity, they use it for that. They use it for, and I learned that from the College of Obesity Medicine, they use it for polycystic ovarian syndrome, and they, they use it for borderline diabetics and, of course, for diabetics. So metformin is a great drug, but the extended release version, the ER, has been tainted with this uh, chemical that shouldn't be there, which increases the risk of cancer. Therefore, they had to recall it. The good news is most people are not taking the extended release, and they've already kind of taken it off the market. It's just that, so people who are listening, if you are on metformin, and it doesn't say ER, you're fine. If it does say ER, call the pharmacist, not the doctor, and ask them, is your batch the one that's affected? Metformin does not cause uh, cancer. But going back to that study, the Diabetes Prevention Program, that was in 2002. And when they did the study, what they found is that people who took metformin did not progress to diabetes. They were borderline people, right? At about 31%. Uh, now, if you take the lifestyle part, which is where we're at, it was at 58% didn't progress. So it was twice as many people. And then if you take people over the age of 60, it was at 71%. So when I started doing this, I, I kind of got armed with all this knowledge saying, seems like diabetes is better treated with lifestyle than with medicine. And then what I started to do is incorporate lifestyle into these little 15 minute appointments if you come see Dr. Hampton, you're going to spend seven of those 15 minutes talking about lifestyle because the return on investment is more substantial than me just putting you on medicine because the medicine just keeps you on the medicine. And so and it became magical. So now all of a sudden I go to clinic and people are like, you didn't say nothing about my weight, Dr. Hampton, because they're celebrating that they lost weight. Uh, Dr. Hampton, I need to, uh, I, I looked on a portal and saw my labs. You didn't say nothing about my A1C going from nine to seven. And so what happens is every day I go to work and people like bow down like I'm some God. And all they did was they were engaged and they actually listened and they followed these recommendations. But if, I, if it wasn't for a family member and me thinking outside the box, which is what most clinicians don't do, we follow guidelines that are not really serving us. The guidelines say eat all these grains, but if, 
if I eat a grain that's got 40 carbs, I don't care how organic or whatever it is, it's still going to raise my sugar. And so I, I just learned that the guidelines don't always serve us. And I have to work with my patients to take a different path. And I'm telling you, my life has changed ever since that happened. It's been wonderful. How, how did you get here? Like, what happened? Have you ever been overweight? Uh, I'll be honest. The only medical condition I had that made me want to do this was uh, irritable bowel. Like, so my stomach was always irritated, rather from stress or other causes. And so I started with probiotics, right? And then mm -hmm. I did this eight, and that worked. It actually helped. But if I stopped a probiotic, it would come back. And then I did my vegetarian thing for about eight years. But what I found is that any anti-inflammatory diet, which is what I encourage with this low-carb, high-fat, and fasting, ironically, rests your gut, duh. So if you rest your gut, it actually heals because it's not working to digest food. So for me personally, I would have an irritated tummy at least every three months. I can't remember the last time it happened. It's, so, it's, something, it's amazing. So for me personally, it wasn't about weight. It was about let's eat healthy or differently so I can feel normal. And I literally haven't eaten yet. I know you're a faster. And I have my, I'm going to do a smoothie. Uh, and it's a high fat smoothie with some avocado and coconut oil and stuff like that. But my point is, I feel phenomenal. I can actually do this uh, interaction with us right now and not feel, in fact, I got another meeting after this and I feel fine because I'm not, my mental clarity is off the chain. Energy well, is off the chain. And you didn't, and we can tell you're a little bit smarter than I am. And I'm going to attribute the fact that I already ate. So I'm going to say that's what it is, Dr. Is, we're going to go with that. But I agree. When I have an important proposal or a speaking event, I don't mm -hmm. eat before it because yeah. I'm going to be smart as a whip. My jokes will be more on point. I'll that's get right. more laughs. I'll get more teaching moments. I'll get more inspiration. I'm just smarter if I haven't eaten before. Um, and it's, it's, it's become easy most of the time. Yeah. I will be honest, since COVID and since being at home, fasting has been very difficult for me. Um, I was interviewing Dr. Tro on my last podcast, and nice. he was talking about cortisol and stress and how it elevates hunger. I can say I'm an overachiever when it comes to cortisol and stress, and I think so many people are right now. Yeah. Um, one of the things he said, I'm curious of what you're seeing in your patients and what he's seeing in his patients is talking about how like right now fasting is harder for a lot of people That's right. and that the friends I have are all gaining weight. Like I right. gained some weight, my friends have gained weight. And I think when I hear from somebody right now who has only gained a couple pounds or no pounds during the past three months, I'm like, tell me your secrets. I know, like, I know, I know. Like, I'm really amazed by it. And I don't think I ever understood cortisol and stress and the effect it had on my hunger. You're also really interesting to me because you wanted all this knowledge and you had never been overweight. You had a, a stomach issue every once in a while, right? That's, that's but, right? But this is a lot of motivation and knowledge you gain to help other people and to help a family member and to help your patients. So I'm, I'm really impressed by that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it makes sense when you talk about your patients coming to you and being like, wait, you, you didn't talk about my weight? Because as normal people who look up to doctors, 
it was so frustrating to me because I really like my doctor. He is a great guy. I've been seeing him for 20 something years. We don't agree on everything, but he definitely has more education than I do. And he cares about people and he is willing to be a human, meaning he, he doesn't think his learning is ever over. Yes. And I really respect that. And I see that in you as well. So I always felt frustrated with doctors because I think they were trying to do their best, right? Like I think that they were using the education they had and they just didn't have the answers that worked for me. Their answers were therapy and, and trainers and bariatric surgery and diets and right. measurements. That's all and they it, know. That's all they know. It, they were yeah. doing their best. That's so right. um, I, I needed something else. So are you ever in situations where you are saying these things to patients and they're like, what are you talking about? I know to keep my metabolism rolling, I need to eat six times a day. I got to right. get my carbs in. Like, right. how do you handle that? Well, it's, you know, it goes back to that continuous education, right? So I realized that as a physician, I'm both a teacher and a coach. And I, and I like the distinction where knowledge through a teacher is one thing, but holding people by their hand and kind of taking the journey with them is even better. So when I did my uh, College of Obesity Medicine, by the way, there's about only about 3,000 uh, docs in the country who are board certified in obesity medicine. There, that, you can imagine how problematic that is because we have a million docs and only a handful have extra training. So anybody out there that's wondering why their doctor doesn't know some of this is because there's only 3,000 docs in the country. Beyond Twitter and uh, you know social media and the stuff you learn from Dr. Jason Fung and those other folks, which you have to learn on your own, that's not gonna be part of your CME, your continuing medical education. So when I did my obesity medicine training, I learned about motivational interviewing and I found that that was an effective tool to help me help people change, right? So. And what I, what I learned is that the decision to change is a difficult decision. What I thought prior to that, I would judge people. And like, even when you talk about your story, right? You're telling me where you were and where you are now. I, don't, I didn't know where you were now. So if I saw a person and I didn't know their journey or their story, I would judge them. And, that's who, and I'm a nice guy, right? Yep. So what I found is that I learned that it's not because they're not motivated. It's not because people are lazy or they're in denial. It's because they're ambivalent. They're like, and when you're ambivalent, you're, you're, you become anxious and it kind of leads to procrastination. So, and I mean, anything that's, that seems going to be hard, like changing your diet, people procrastinate. Anything, if I, have a, if I have 10 things to do, I have to force myself to learn how to do the hard things first. And that's a much better skill. So, so, what, it, so what that did is it taught me things like motivational interviewing, it taught me how to be collaborative. In other words, let me work with my patient to help them on their journey as I coach them. It helped me to look at the world through their lens. What is it like to go into a clinic and to see a chair that's not big enough for you? What is it? I mean, God knows what it it's like on let the airplane. Let me tell you, it sucks. It's gotta suck. And we're supposed to be the healthcare people who are the most understanding and et cetera, and we're not. And then I learned that I need to make decisions that are driven by the patient, not me. And that way, the chances that they'll actually do it are much higher because it's driven by them. But most importantly, they need to trust me, right? They need to look at me and say, this guy cares about me. He, he wants me to be successful. 
And if I can get that trust, we, and, and then, and this is another thing in uni, uh, the University of Western States, they talk about build rapport. That was on my test. And when I just took a test Friday, shout out to the test, kick my butt, by the way. <laughs> I'm too busy to study, so I'm just trying to figure it out. And then you take, once you build rapport, then you can set goals with them and goals that they want to achieve because it's based on what they want to do. The, the, the last couple of things I'll say is what's your why? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you not want to take medicine? It may be because I want to make it to the church because the church people ain't seen me because my, my knees hurting so bad, I can't go to church or my sugar's too high. And, 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 or I want to be here for this graduation for this niece or a nephew or a grandchild. And so, and then I say, I hate to quote our president here, but I'll say, what do you have to lose? <laughs> and so I'll say, let's try this. Let's do a pilot. Give me three months when you are doing the things I talk about. And then if after three months you don't see improvement, fine. And so I'll do like a little pilot with them. And it's a rare patient that'll say, nah, doc, I'm not going to do that. So that's what's been, so that's, those are the types of things I use motivational interviewing. And it's not really based on like motivational interviewing have like, things they tell you to do. I don't go, I don't like re re repeat the book. What I do is, it's a way of thinking. It's a way of saying, okay, on a scale of one to 10, what's the chances you're gonna go out and do what I say? And they say, they'll say five. And then I'll say, okay, well, how do I get it to a seven, right? And then we'll talk, and then they'll say, well, my wife, you know, I gotta get her to cook different. I said, put her on the phone. And we'll put the wife on the phone and we'll say, hey, Ms. Jones, I hear that, um, you're the cook and maybe uh, you tend to eat a lot of rice and stuff. That's kind of, you from Louisiana, <laughs> you eat yeah. a lot of rice and I get that, but have you tried cauliflower rice? Would you be willing for the next three months to do cauliflower rice instead of the, and then what you do is you negotiate with them and you only make a few changes at a time. You just land a brick so they can build a house one brick at a time. So it's been, once I changed to just trying to be a coach for people, it's been like, a game changer. And the thing is, most clinicians have these skills. They just look at the time and say, I don't have time to talk about this, but keep in mind, return on investment. We, if you're not getting the results, then what are we doing? Why are we waiting? Are we just looking for a copay? Or are we going to help people? And at the end of the day, that's what happens. So it's been, I, I just, you know, and that's why I don't mind being with you right now because I got other stuff to do later, but I want to make sure more people hear this message. And that's why I appreciate the work you're doing. I love that you are using your MBA and the skills that you got from that for return on investment to help people. That's so beautiful. I it, really like it. It's all connected. Everything is connected. And uh, I'm trying to learn from other people and what's in the books. And that way, when I'm sitting in a boardroom, because I'm a regional medical director, I can hear the finance guy talk and not feel like I'm in a, in a lost space. So it's been, yeah. it's been awesome for me. So smart. Okay, tell oh. me about your book. Yeah, well, it's Fix Your Diet, Fix Your Diabetes was the, uh, when I did the research, right, I learned that why not just start writing about what I'm learning? And, and, that's, and I want to say shout out to Dr. Jason Fong because I found him on YouTube at the very uh, end. And for those who don't know him, and I think everybody does, he wrote the Obesity Code and the guide to fasting, you know, something like that with Jimmy Moore. And um, so what I found is that, and I, and I applied him because I added that at the end. I didn't know. And I wrote this book. It didn't have fasting in there anywhere. 
And then I realized, oh my God, not only is fasting important, it's the most important part. So what I tried to do is write something in my own voice. And to be honest with you, I was not a writer, I'm not a journalist. Uh, and I was nervous about that. So, but what everybody I everybody is. This is my fourth book. I'm nervous about it every time. Really? You're never a writer until you write it down. And people think there's just some mysterious talent. No, we are intelligent people with things to say and messages to help people. And we wrote That's it right. down. That's that makes right. you a writer. And Congratulations. I, I feel blessed. And what happens is, in the, so there's not a lot of time. Besides me giving them handouts, they're where I authored a book. So what happens is, go listen to the audio, whatever you do. And what happens is, because I want them to have a knowledge base that's solid. And one of the reasons why I probably didn't market is because I was really doing it for my patients. So, well, but market now, now, what's it called and where can people find it? Well, it's called Fix Your Diet, Fix Your Diabetes. Uh, and what you need to, and then I put in there your dietary solution to reversing Diabetes. That was difficult to write because a lot of clinicians don't want to hear the word reverse. So I tell people, you can call it reverse, cure, uh, in remission. All I know is that they're off medicines, their A1C is normal, and they, if they continue to eat the right way, they'll be fine. So it's really just a way to give people a very easy to read resource that's not terribly compl complicated. I'm working on an obesity book too, and hopefully uh, as I uh, by in the next few months, I'll have that in somebody's hands and I to, to you know start editing and doing those types of things. But but you're right. I now have the confidence to write, so I'm gonna follow in your coattails and just keep going. A lot Where of stuff do to teach. Buy your book. Amazon. So I'm doing it because I actually went to a small local uh, publisher and just kind of did my own self-publish with their guidance because I, I I'm, I'm too busy to be you know to have deadlines. I just wanted to do my own thing. But Amazon will do it, and uh, in the bookstores will order, order it for you, too, as well. It's not on the bookshelves, per se, but it's at Amazon. It's, it's an easy read. It's like a $12 book. It's very affordable. There's an audio. There's a Kindle. So all of that stuff is there. And it's an easy read. So, okay. yeah, because fixing your diet, fixing your life is not complicated. We make it complicated. Yeah. So I want to keep things simple for my patients and for anybody that, you know, would benefit from it. For people that are in Chicago, what site can they go to to learn more about you and to work with you? Yeah, well, when it comes to what I'm, the irony is um, I'm actually updating my website. So it'll be up in about a week and a half. And it's just drtonyhampton.com. What I like about- releases, it'll be out. Absolutely. And it's like, uh, it's spelled doctor completely as opposed okay. to DR. So Dr. Tony Hampton, T-O-N-Y. And that'll be obvious to you guys. It'll have the, I'm starting to do more videos and it'll be similar to this. Um, and then I'm also going to do the podcast. So the podcast is going to be called, because I'm just trying to be like you, you're my hero. Good, great, um, do it. You know, uh, how, you know, protecting your nest with Dr. Hampton. And, and, and I'll teach how to get to the root cause of disease because the nest is like an acronym, it's nutrition. That includes fasting, when to eat and how to eat, exercise, less stress, more sleep. T for how you think. It's also for trauma. And then we're going to have a rope to climb up the nest because we, we don't have wings, right? And it's going to be R for relationships, O for organisms like COVID, uh, P for pollution, environment. People on the south side tend to have more asthma because of the pollution. And E for your emotions like depression, anxiety, and the other E is for your life experience 
because if you come from New Orleans, you're going to eat red beans and rice, et cetera. And sometimes our life experience affects what we do. So the goal is to teach people all those things I've mentioned are the root cause of disease. And, and so when I have a guest like yourself, you're going to talk maybe about fasting. If I have a guest who's into exercise, and then what we're trying to do is build the, what part of that rope and nest are you not managing well? So if it's a relationship issue, you can't have a normal blood sugar if your relationships are dysfunctional. So we're trying to help people see a broader scope. And that way, if you address those things, I had a lady who was a, a principal and she retired and she was on three blood pressure medicines. She retired and got off all, all her medicines, just retiring because she didn't realize how stressful her job was. That sounds like a very stressful job. Uh, must have been. I, 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 no, that's right. That's right. So. That's amazing. Well, Dr. Tony, thanks so much for talking to us. I, I love the way that you have used all this education, helped people with it, spread the knowledge, you know, starting your own podcast. So people are going to need to check. Can't wait. Out. That's coming. So I can't wait. And I promise it'll be value added. And I'm, I'm taking notes right now so I can see how to do it from the professionals. Oh, yes. You know, so professional up here in our fourth bedroom that is now turned into the studio because my husband is a nerd and loves to buy microphones and equipment. So that's all you need. It's just like a nerd in your life. It looks so pretty that it literally looked like it was a fake background. So it is a fake background. It's absolutely a fake background. Is it really? (laughs) Because if you look at my hair, you can see how it's like fringing out on the edges. Early hair, big hair like this. It's kind of an issue with a green screen. But let's just pretend I'm this rich with this kind of background. Yeah, let's but it's pretend. doing a good job. I don't really see all the stuff you see on Zoom. So you're, you, you mm. picked a good one. Oh, thank you. Well, guys, please check out Dr. Tony. And guys, thanks so much for being here on the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. You can get more tips on keto, low-carb fasting at fastinglane.com. And you can check us out at Instagram and Twitter at Fasting Lane. Until next time, to your health and hotness.